This week's episode of Humanize Me is sponsored by The Atlantic Monthly. Now I know what you're thinking. Wait, did The Atlantic Monthly actually send Bart a big check so that he would mention them on this podcast? And the answer is no, they did something even better than that. They sent me the magazine. As a matter of fact, every month they send me the magazine. I didn't actually intend to be a subscriber to the Atlantic Monthly. A, a couple of years ago, one of the airlines sent me this thing that said, hey, you've got some frequent flyer miles you haven't used and they're going to expire, but you can use them to get magazines. There were a, a number of magazines there. Some of them were nothing I was interested in. And then there was the Atlantic Monthly. And so I, I subscribed to it. And oh my goodness. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to go on their website. I don't want you to read their website. I'm saying... You should go out and just buy one issue of this magazine, like one hard copy, you know, glossy pages and advertisements and the little thing that falls out for a subscription thing. Bring it home. I don't, I don't even read it. I'm not even putting the pressure on you to read it. Just put it on your coffee table, put it in your bathroom, put it in your car. At some point, a month or two down the line, you're going you're gonna to be bored. You're going to be stuck someplace. You're going to have nothing. You'll pick it up. And you're going to find it's full of amazing articles from all different perspectives about all different kinds of interesting stuff and book reviews that, you know, that make you want to go get different books and, and little fun facts and cool stuff about language. And I got to tell you something over the last two years, I, I don't want to say the Atlantic monthly has changed my life. I don't want to cheapen that expression. But I will say it's hugely enriched my life. And a lot of the ideas that you'll hear me talk about on this podcast are books that I've read and things. Uh, that's where I got them. So I'm just telling you. I mean, the podcast coming up, I know what I'm going to talk about in the episode today. And a number of the ideas came from, you guessed it, the Atlantic Monthly. So they sponsor this podcast by inspiring me. And uh, there you go. You know, the other thing I wanted to tell you about was a couple of weeks ago, I spoke for a group called Atheists United at the Center for Inquiry here in Los Angeles. Now, I know Atheists United, it sounds really mean and militant and angry, like Atheists United, we're coming to get you. But like they were actually a really nice people. And they asked me to come and talk about kind of humanism and what is humanism. And I ended up, you know, I gotta be honest with you, I ended up preaching a sermon. Um, no supernaturalism, no woo-woo, just, uh, but I'm um, like, I was emotionally trying to motivate people to see the rational sense of committing themselves to loving each other and especially to loving people that are broken and in need. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I would love it. If, if, if some of you listen to this, if you go on my website, bartcampola.org, it's there under videos. And, and if you check it out, I would love to know what you think of it. Um, there's a cool question and answer period afterwards where you sort of see like, oh my gosh, some people really loved it. Some people totally didn't get it, but, uh, it was a, it was a great experience, really great experience. And, and, and I'd love, I'd love to hear what you, what you think of it. All right, then enough of this self-promotion. Let's get on with this show. You're listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Look, there's no way of getting around this. This episode's gonna gonna drop late. I'm late, and I, I I have a commitment to get out an episode every two weeks on Monday, and this week I blew it. And 
it's my fault. Like, there's no excuse. Like, there's no, it's, I blew it. I had a plan and I had planned out the episode. I, I was going to do some listener emails and I had somebody that was going to come in and talk with me about that stuff. And I put it off and I put it off. And then my mother-in-law showed up in town. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I love my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is amazing. She's like this truly great lady who is kind of my role model for how to grow old with dignity and grace. She has just tons of young people that think the world of her, that love her, that want to be around her because she's just interested in everybody and she's still learning and she's, she's just fun and funny and cool. And so it's not that it's just that when she gets to town, everything slows down. My wife wants everything to be just so, and I stop what I'm doing to take her places and to entertain her, and she moves slow, and so we move slow, and you know, and, then, and the thing is that it was Mother's Day this weekend. What's funny is like it was Mother's Day, and and to top it off, my wife had a concert. My wife Marty, she sings in this thing called the Golden Bridge Community Choir, which, by the way, actually they should be sponsoring this this podcast because this is this really cool. Ubuntu Community Choir, which is kind of like this no audition choir that's put together by um, a friend of ours, a, a woman named Maggie Wheeler, who in her real life is an actress, actually who you would know. Maggie actually, among other things, played Janice in the show Friends, who is Ch Chandler's annoying girlfriend with the really annoying laugh. But the funny thing is, like, in real life, Maggie does not have an annoying voice. Uh, she has kind of the voice of an angel. She's a beautiful singer. And she and her friend Emil, Emil Hassan Dyer, and he's from, from Africa, and together they, they lead this choir where they sing African folk songs and protest songs and, uh, you know, anthems and all sorts of stuff from all over the world. It is kind of my humanist dream choir. I mean, because it's just inspiring, spiritually uplifting stuff that isn't rooted in any kind of supernaturalism. It's just good stuff. And... uh and so anyway, they had this, this concert yesterday, which was Mother's Day. And so we go to the concert and it's amazing at the LA Public Library. Um, and then we come home and my kids are there and we're cooking dinner for Marty and her mom. And then it just, the night goes away from us. And by the time the last Scrabble game has been played, I'm exhausted. And the podcast doesn't happen. Some people are, actually do write a note and say, hey, there's a podcast supposed to be out there on Monday. Where is it? But, you know, mainly I feel like I let down my partner, John, the guy who helps me produce the show. I mean, he has weekend time to do it, and then I stick it to him late. He's really gracious and everything, but, like, I blew it. And so this morning I wake up, and I'm thinking, like, all the excuses I'm going to make to John. And I realize, like, what is wrong with me? I don't need to make excuses. I, I need to ask his forgiveness. And, and, and I need to ask your forgiveness. I mean, if you're a listener— you know, because it's not just that the show's going to be late or is late; it's that it's probably not of the same quality it should be because I'm rushing it, and I'm sorry about that. I need to ask your forgiveness. And as soon as I started thinking about asking forgiveness, I realized, you know, ever since I became a secular humanist, I, you don't hear about forgiveness very much in the secular world. You know, it's not some. I don't see many talks. I don't see many. Richard Dawkins on forgiveness or, you know, Christopher Hitchens riffs on forgiveness or Sam Harris forgives everybody who's ever been bad to him. Like the whole secular world is not known for its 
grace and forgiveness. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think even those words are touchy words. The one line that everybody knows about forgiveness is, you know, to err is human, to forgive divine. And so the idea is is that forgiveness is somehow in the realm of the supernatural. But, you know, I got to be honest, like, to err is human, but to forgive is human too, because we all need it. I mean, we all screw up. We all disappoint each other. We all let each other down. Sometimes we actually harm each other in irreparable ways. You need air to breathe. You need water to survive. You need food. You, you need forgiveness. Without forgiveness, all of our relationships would fall apart. There's a sense in which forgiveness is a sort of a social lubricant. It, it's necessary for us to stay in close contact, and that's necessary for our survival. And it's funny, and I was talking about my mother-in-law who's interested in everything. And uh, the other day as we were grocery shopping, um, she and I ended up in the car together just sitting there. And she she was asking me about, you know, the work that I'm doing, how I came to it. And she's a minister's wife who has been involved in Christian stuff her whole life. And she's the most kind of free-thinking Christian I've ever met, but she's still a believer. And she said, you know, Bart, can you explain to me like where morality comes from if it doesn't come from God? She said, don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning that you have it. I just want to know like, where do you, where do you base it? What's the foundation of it? And, and you know, most of us have heard that question and sometimes it's asked in a kind of a, a lousy way. This was a beautiful question. And, and so, you know, I, I ended up, I ended up thinking about this article I read in the Atlantic Monthly about a, about a, it's, it just came out in this month's issue. It's about um, a primatologist named Franz de Waal, whose books I have read before. One of the books that he, he's written a new book about animal intelligence and how animals are actually, the, the real question is not whether animals are smart, but whether humans are smart enough to recognize the intelligence of animals. But he's a primatologist who's primarily studied bonobos, which are, are, are kind of primates that are as, as closely related to us as chimpanzees, but that actually have evolved rather differently than chimpanzees in their social structure. The book that I'm thinking of actually is called The Bonobo and the Atheist. And in that book, he, he writes about how in all social animals, moral codes emerge, that, that what ends up being good is what's good for the group, and what ends up being bad is that which would harm the group. And, and he talks about the ways in which groups enforce their moral codes. Uh, it's a fascinating book kind of about the the, the evolutionary roots of morality. And he talks a lot about how animals are generous and they give and care and sacrifice for one another when it doesn't seem to be in their immediate interest, you know, which, which for many years was a real problem for people who believe in evolution. They were like, okay, look, we understand why animals have sharp teeth and are fast and strong and have camouflage. You know, these are all survival skills. But this altruism thing does not make any sense at all. And DeWall and others sort of say like, nah, you got to understand this. We are wired. We are hardwired for forgiveness. We're hardwired to be generous with one another. He said, what do you mean? Well, a neurologist will tell you the same thing, that if you study the brain, when somebody is engaged in an act of generosity, their limbic system in their brain just lights up. Um, dopamine gets released in the system. You say, wait, dopamine, that's the chemical that gets released when we have sex. 
Like that's the, that's the reward, the, the pleasure chemical that, that rewards sex or, or, or when we have food or, or when, when we're using certain kinds of drugs and it's like, that's, that's what gets us addicted to stuff, man. It feels so good to have sex and it feels so good to eat food and it feels so good to use drugs. And DeWall says, yeah, and it feels so good to be generous and it feels so good to forgive. Like if you check the fMRIs, that's how it works. And, and you know what, what's interesting is, is that it's not just that it gives us a pleasure, but that it also, it, ha- it serves a social function. It's not just the, an, the individual pleasure of like, I give because it feels good. Giving brings us closer together with one another. It doesn't just release dopamine. Generosity also releases oxytocin, which is, you know, kind of the love, the love hormone you know, that like when, you ha- when a mother has a baby, it releases oxytocin and it creates this bonding and this sense of, of trust and cooperation. And when we are good to each other, when we give or when we forgive, oxytocin gets released. And it's funny, you would think that the person that receives the gift would become more trusting and more cooperative and, and, and more bonded, but it's actually the giver. Your mother wasn't kidding when she said, you know, it's, it's better to give than to receive. It's, it's kind of like it's better to have sex or better to eat food or better to use drugs. Like there are a lot of things, it's better. But one of the reasons it's better to give is because it creates in you this deep sense of connection to the person that you give to. And that's, you know, the beginning of what, what biologists call reciprocal altruism. And that is when, a, when within a tribe or within a group, one of the strategies is, hey, we'll help each other and that's going to help us compete against other groups that don't help each other. And that in, a, in, a, in effect, humanity's great survival skill, its great adaptation, isn't that we're stronger or faster or have bigger teeth, but that we're more cooperative, that we're more trusting, that we are more bonded to each other. We're willing to sacrifice for each other. We're willing to forgive each other. It's good for us. And it's good for our tribe. And it's good for our species. And that's why it's naturally selected over time. And that's why as I come to you today, I'm, I'm actually coming to you with an opportunity. I blew it. Okay. I screwed up and I'm giving you the chance to forgive me, which means I'm giving you the chance to feel great. I'm giving you the chance to feel a deeper sense of bond with me because like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to cut bar subside. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to tell other people to listen. I'm going to try to help build up this podcast, even though he let me down. And then you're going to be better. You're going to be a better person and you're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to feel better about me. The whole thing is just a virtuous cycle. And I know I sound all glib and tongue in cheek, but if there's anything I want you to get out of this podcast, it's that there actually is somebody out there that you need to forgive. And you don't need to do it because Jesus forgave you first. And you don't need to do it because God's going to punish you if you don't. You need to do it because it's not just in their best interest that you forgive them. It's in yours as well. Anybody who's ever been around human beings will tell you that carrying around a grudge is toxic. That when we actually, when, when we, to forgive somebody is, you know, said one French writer, to forgive somebody is to release a prisoner and discover the prisoner was you. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing and it is the most rational choice and you are evolved to do it. It makes sense on every level. 
And yet we don't preach it very often once we get out of church. It feels connected to another life, but it isn't. It's this life. It's what we need to do to thrive. And so, yeah, I'm sorry about screwing up the show. And uh, I hope you'll forgive me. I encourage you to forgive me. I encourage you to figure out somebody else you need to forgive and to think about, to think about doing what, what Wikipedia says forgiveness is. It says, forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense, letting go of negative emotions such as vengefulness and increasingly wishing the offender well. It's not to condone the act or to fail to see it as wrong. It's not to excuse it or to not hold the person responsible for it. It's not to forget it or even to forbear it. It's not to patiently endure it without becoming angry. That's forbearance and that's a good thing. But forgiveness is something else. Yeah, so started out a show about what a moron I am and an irresponsible jerk I am. It ends up being a show about that kind of generosity that enables us to stay together. So uh, yeah, stick with me. I think I've got a strategy whereby we might actually be able to move the podcast from bi-weekly to weekly, which is pretty exciting stuff. It's going to depend on us getting a few more listeners, getting a few more sponsors who are real sponsors, but we're getting there. And um, it's great hearing from you. And it's great knowing that you're out there. I'm just real grateful to be part of this community. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. So uh, that's it. Catch you later. For more information about the work of Bart Campolo, please visit bartcampolo.org.